Oh, good. I was going to ask if you've followed along. <laughs> I have indeed. I, I got I, I got a bit behind, but then I managed to do a bit of a, a binge and catch up. Uh-huh. I don't know, a screams and moans binge, that might not be good for your health. <laughs> Just no, no. <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a hospital appointment tomorrow. Gonna get it all checked out, it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I think we need some strong medication. <laughs> <laughs> Always the best. I know, I'm like, hot mental people sex? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, maybe that's all I know. No, I'm just <laughs> I recorded the day before I put out, which was shocking for me. Um, the day before you pull out? Well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who was a lucky guy? <laughs> <laughs> you just fell into that one, didn't you? I really did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, the day before I put out, like, I scheduled them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be putting out next Sunday at about 2 p.m. Um... Yeah. You've got it there on your calendar. Pull out, die. <laughs> next day, laundry die. That's Welcome to episode 9 of the Screams and Moans podcast, the podcast about movies and sex, but not together, because that would be porn. Today, I have with me another fellow podcast listener who's been with me since the start. Uh, we have Dave. Hello. Hello, Megan. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. It's a Saturday afternoon, so that's pretty good. I introduced you as a podcast listener, but... Um, yeah, I know you also have some experience with some other podcasts in the past. I have indeed. I've been on about three previous other podcasts, um, two guest positions, and also I was a co-host on on a, on, a, on my own show with another friend of mine. So it's sorry, I was just about to say it's good. It's good that you've gave me the chance to open up another can of audio wolf pass. <laughs> Bringing it back for the listeners. Yeah. Nice. So, um, what kind of podcasts have you done in the past? Predominantly gaming podcasts, but um, movies are another one of my passions. So, when I first started talking to yourself through um, Cassandra and Tyra from the most popular girls on the internet, and then learning that you were going to do a movie podcast, I was sort of interested from the start. And when you... I was actually one of the few that um, got hold of your pilot episode. And um, I've, I've got to say, I've been hooked since then. And so as I say, it's, it's good to actually get the opportunity to record with you. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, I know we've um, we've been talking about it for a while. And yeah, before uh, before I started, I had got some advice from other podcasters to, yeah, definitely do a pilot or two. And um, a select group got uh, some of that just to give me some feedback. So that was really, really good to get get that and you know, learn some stuff, which obviously just as you go, you start to pick up different things as well. So, but, uh, speaking of movies, we, uh, we got to watch an interesting one today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly interesting. Painful if you're a, a, a mile of species. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, and I think, you know, just looking at, uh, 
what I have for some of my notes. There's definitely going to be some spoilers as usual uh, for the for the movie, but uh, we'll start out with the movie that we're talking about is Teeth, which came out in 2007, and it was written and directed by Mitchell Lichtenstein. <laughs> I, always, <laughs> I always say it that way. <laughs> but um, <laughs> essentially, it's it's kind of a mix of two different stories related to the main character, Dawn. Uh, one of them is this twisted story about her stepbrother and the love he has for her mm. combined with uh, the vagina dentata as we uh, learn about in the movie. With that, I guess. Yeah. What did you kind of notice first about the movie? Um. Well, just... um. Obviously, he follow he very much follows a lot of the stereotypes of your classic, hokey B B class horror movie, you know where it sort of tend, tries to be scary but it isn't, and some of the scenes you you just find maybe a bit gross, in 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 uh, in terms of teeth. Obviously, it's painful speaking as a male, but you also find yourself laughing in some ways. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is one of those. I find we kind of gravitate towards the comedy horror <laughs> here mm. on Screams and Moans. But we'll start out with, yeah, it's about a teenage girl named Dawn uh, who, you know, they really play up her involvement in kind of this promise keepers movement. We have a gift, a very precious gift. And... What do you do with gifts? Do you go around giving them to everyone you pass on the street? No! No, those wouldn't be gifts. They'd be like a handout. (laughs) So, what about the most precious gift of all? Are you going to give that to the first guy who buys you a big bunch of roses? No way! And um, I'm not just talking to the uh, girls. You guys, you have the same gift. Are you going to give that to some girl because she looks like she just stepped out of a music video? No. No. You're going to hold on to it and share it with the mother of your children. I mean, that's what the ring is all about. The way it wraps around your finger, that's to remind you to keep your gift wrapped. Yeah, yeah that was actually one of the memorable quotes. I, I took notice of the way, uh, the way Dawn comes, comes across and says, the way it wraps around your finger, that's to remind you to keep your gift wrapped. Yes. To me, that... It's actually ironic because if you look at the ring, it actually looks like the um the sort of rubber bit that goes around the end of a condom. Yes, I was gonna say it. It looks like a thicker, thicker version of them. A really thick, thick condom. Yes. Mm. <laughs> well, and I was gonna say that too. The way you know, it's like keep your gift wrapped. I was like, well, is this a condom ad or is this <laughs> about chastity? <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> And, yeah, they kind of played that up, really. And, you know, in the beginning, with her giving that speech, that's where we also meet Toby, 
who ends up being her future rapist. Um, yeah, that was really different. But, you know, he tries to support her. And um, the other key quote I kind of thought around the beginning of the movie was when they were in the sexual education classroom. Um, there's something weird in my book. Leave it. I have a two. <laughs> Sticker. What's it hiding? The state school board has rightly ordered it be concealed. A detailed diagram of, of, of the vulva. Ooh, nice <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Why are they covering that up? That should be obvious. They showed the penis picture. That's different. How so? That thing is Ryan. You'll probably never know. <laughs> right? Uh, gone. I think I can tell you how it's different. Girls have a natural modesty. It's built into our nature. It's so depicting. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, fuck, then I guess I'm not a woman. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to say my experience. That doesn't always work, then. No. <laughs> I, think, I think that modesty's switchable. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, I mean, obviously it caused, you know, as a teenager, it caused the rest of the classroom to just absolutely crack up. Yeah. But, um, yes, Toby tries to, you know, stick up for her. No, that's right, whatever. Well, she's just doodling all these images of wedding dresses and stuff. And it's, you know, basically she's putting all her energy to, you know, what she really wants, I think, which is to have sex. Um, yeah. <laughs> in into thinking about weddings and stuff like that. And I was thinking, oh, I know some women that are crazed about weddings and all that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, the stereotype is you get married and then you don't have sex, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So, yeah, I mean, obviously they, they played on that whole bit about the promise keepers and... You know, making sure that they're going out in groups and <laughs> and all of that. So, I don't know. Do you guys have groups like that over in the UK as well? I don't think it's... Uh, I mean, certainly in my experience, I don't think it's as much of a phenomenon over here. Um, I'd say, in my experience, it's more of a US thing. And I think it's, a, I think it's because, um, I mean, alone we've obviously got a very... Um, a very strong Christian background in this country. We haven't got that, what you might call right wing Christian, right? Like the sort super of thing going conservative. On. Yeah, I think that's where the, I think that's where the idea of purity and that all that kind of stuff comes from. Yeah, definitely, and that's why I wondered because it does seem to be a little bit. I mean, I don't know that much about the UK, but just from people that I talk to, it's it didn't seem like maybe that would be something as big there where. Here, it, it has become, you know, much more of a bigger thing to kind of have groups mm. based around that. And um, obviously in the movie, they play that up a little bit more <laughs> than it really is. Yeah. But um, as with most cliches, it's like you always knew somebody who was like that. And that's why it's funny. Like, <laughs> Have you ever personally had any experience with them, Megan? Uh, with with a purity cult (laughs) (laughs) or a promise keeper or anything um well anything along that sort of line really um i'd say in school we had um it was more just groups that were based around 
being proud of their Christianity and their relationship with God versus mm. being pure. But obviously they would also kind of put off that vibe that, oh, you know, we we're pure and we and we believe that we were going we're going to stay pure until married. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that that was another memorable scene to me where they're um where they're in the, sort of like the dance hall setting and and it's almost like you know the quotes in the same lines and they almost look, look, look like zombies to me. You know, like they they were just a line of program robots that were all designed to say one thing and one thing only and not dare deviate. Yeah, yeah, that scene actually, I'm going to go back a little bit because um, I think it's important as well that before that is when she goes back to the woods and to me it's one of the most disturbing scenes in the movie. Mm, when she... yeah. <laughs> So she tells this Toby that they can't hang out together anymore because she can't take being around um him alone because she's having these unpure thoughts and so is he yeah um and that somehow changes to all of a sudden i'm gonna meet you in the woods and by the way i brought a swimsuit oh. yeah <laughs> which is kind of kind of discounting what you've just said about you know you you obviously find both finding it hard to keep keep your, these pure thoughts in your mind when there's this clear attraction between you yeah i mean you saw that right from the beginning with the weight with the body language and the way that they looked at each other that, that there was an attraction there yeah exactly so so they go swimming and they have a lot of fun and it's a place that we had learned earlier is where people go to have sex as well so yeah you kind of knew you know going into it but um you know, so they go swimming and she gets cold, so she hops out and, you know, she's cuddled up in a blanket and he wants to come up and she's like, oh no, you stay in the water, you stay right there. And Yeah, while he's sitting in the water, dithering, saying, I'm freezing. Yeah, I'm freezing. Which to me, you know, we'll talk about this more in the second half, but um, I think that might have been a little bit of a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think we'll we'll save that one because it will say it will fit ideally in with our second half subject. Yes, exactly. But um, so you know he hops up and gets underneath this, which to me I was like, if I found um a abandoned sleeping bag in a cave, I don't think I'd be wrapping my naked body in it. No, personally, I'd be scared about I'd be scared about a needle going into me. Yeah, or that was infected with infected with some God knows what. Exactly, who knows what's on that blanket? Especially if that's where kids go to have sex. God, (laughs) let's just say you get some interesting sights if you got the black light in there. Oh, gross. Never mind, never mind. Keep moving along, nothing to see here. Yeah. Um but yeah, so of course they start kind of making out and she's a little bit into it, but you know, she's gotta keep her resolve, so she decides she's not mm-hmm. down for that. But um <laughs> Toby keeps going with it and yeah, I mean <laughs> I shouldn't laugh because the scene really isn't funny. But the fact that you know, his excuse is like, I haven't even masturbated since yeah. Easter. That's <laughs> like, why he says it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so essentially Don does say no and he keeps going. That's where we really see her secret. 
which um, mm. is that her vagina has teeth. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Um, a little bit late, but um, I think that that's part of why it was so fucking disturbing. I mean, I'm sure as a male, that has to be even more dis- yeah. disturbing. <laughs> yeah, because you can sort of, there's sort of this thing dangling between your legs, which at times like that tends to tingle in a in 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 nice fashion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and so, you know, not only is this poor girl freaked out because, you know, she's just been raped, but her vagina has always also taken off his penis. So mm. she has no idea what's going on, and she's so afraid of it that even when she sees it lying in the sand, like, she doesn't want to go anywhere near it, really. Yeah, so she sort of skirts around the wall, doesn't she? She skirts around the wall of the cavern yeah. while constantly watching it. Yeah, like it's going to come up and get her or something. Yeah, we'll have you that, Will. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That dismembered penis, it'll have you. Oh, it's not like a chicken. It's not going to continue to flop around while it's <laughs> disconnected. No, because no, I say that, don't know that they, they, they can actually um, remain conscious for a period of time after having their head taken off chickens yeah yeah no it's actually true <laughs> mm. oh. yuck <laughs> it's getting all dark <laughs> but yeah but yeah and then she doesn't even check to see that he's okay she just leaves just leaves mm. you know fair enough he was an asshole but the scene that we were talking about with the cult you know is basically the next day, she's got to go talk to this group about being pure. And it's really the last thing she feels. So she's in shock and she's saying all these words that have no meaning to her anymore. But mm. they're, yeah, just basically chanting back to her. Yeah, going on about the serpents and all these guys. Yeah, the kind of rote <laughs> phrases, you know. Mm. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, it's... A, there's something evil about me. Yes, the clitoris. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and it's disturbing because it's all these kids chanting it as well. You know, it, yeah, they probably have no idea what they're actually talking about. Exactly, exactly. And maybe that was part of the point of the film. I don't, mm. I don't know. But um, yeah, that was definitely, I don't know. A striking point in the film versus mm. you know the rest of it was more you know comedy and a little bit of mindless i don't know a little more mindless do you, stuff do you think it was almost implied through the film that it was due to the fact her shall we say mutation was due to the fact of living near a nuclear plant yeah i was thinking that as well and they never talked about it but at the beginning scene and then throughout they would kind of pan on this nuclear plant in the background Mm. and so I think yeah we were meant to assume that that's what caused her mutation Mm. which like I said it was they called it vagina dentata which I haven't googled it but I don't know that that's even a real term (laughs) I believe it actually is because I've actually been down that rabbit hole but I think it's basically um the way I've Googled, it sort of goes along the same line that it does in the film, that it's something that extends back from various mythologies, the ancient Greeks and so and so. 
Ah, so it is a legitimate myth, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a folklore tale, and there's no... Um, I think one article I read um, said that the nearest that they've actually found in actual physical, you know, physiology, you know, where it actually turns off, is um, that sometimes that um, the vagina can get cysts that can appear to look like teeth, but it's not. It's like the same thing that's presented in the film, you know, where it's sort of like where, where she feels fear and pain, you know, that happens. And then it clamps down like a squid or a kraken or something. <laughs> yeah, release the kraken. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I hear the word, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think drinking, because kraken rum is one of my favorite, mm. favorite rums. Tend to like alcohol that's sweet, ciders, rums, whatever. But mm. yeah, I think that's me. That's me, really. Mm. But oh, cysts! I don't. Oh, <laughs> it's like now that's the part where I'm grossed out about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we learn that because she goes and sees this again. I noticed all the men in this movie are creepy. Every single one is a creeper. Yeah. So, um. I thought that was a little biased. I'll give men some benefit of the doubt on this one, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I know this is going in, going ahead a bit, but I think the only one that I mean, yeah, the guy, the other guys were creepers, but the one that I really feel deserved it was was the brother Brad, because he was just you know a thoroughly reprehensible you know, son of a bitch. Well, I mean, from the start, so the opening scene where we see the you know, nuclear plant in the background and we see them as kids in the pool and, you know, it's kind of alluded that he whipped out his penis mm. and then went to uh, feel her up and got his finger bitten Yeah, a bit. Yeah, because then you see the, 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 um, the parents go over her, his father and her mother because they're essentially um stepbrother and sister and um they asked brad to show him show him because he's got his hand clenched hasn't he yeah and then he sort of unclenches his hand and you see what looks like where if as if someone's running a knife round round the tip of his finger yep and it's all bloody and and even then you know yeah the then he grows up and he is just a douchebag really i mean they even put the douchey tattoos you know like the mm. fake tribal tattoos all over him sorry to anybody who's rocking some tribal tattoos right now but <laughs> yeah stereotypes and them dodgy dodgy um dodgy lamb chops on the side of his face yes and then he's he somehow got a rottweiler caged but open through the side of the mm. side of the house with his bedroom and he's got a gun in his room and lots of um posters and of course he plays you know, like heavy, heavy. Yeah, being stereotypical. Yeah, total stereotype. Yeah. And you know, he's got the girlfriend that he has sex with, but he flat out pretty much tells her like, "I don't even want your fucking pussy." You like that? No, I do have a perfectly good pussy. I'm sure you do. How do you? Otherwise, like it just fine. Mm. 
Oh, fuck them, man. Wow. And, you know, he always kind of alluding to Dawn that, you know, hey, I think we should, I think we should get together and mm. just, you know, creepy. And then we do learn near the end. I mean, we're coming up to that, toward that point anyway. But because he's such an asshole, the dad at at one point comes home and tries to kick him out of the house. Mm. And they get into this huge fight and his girlfriend's there and everything. And he sticks the dog on him. And the thing that he's most upset about, you know, he's like, why did you have to do that? Why did you have to do that to her? I loved her. And he's like, well, I know that you miss your your mom. And he's like, no, I don't give a shit about that bitch. You know, he's mm. like, you made Dawn my sister. You know, <laughs> it's like, mm. oh. <laughs> yeah, you were just wrong on every level. Yeah. I mean, throughout the whole movie, they kind of show how, yeah, he's just creepily all into her. Yeah. I'd say almost borderline obsessed. Oh, for sure. Obsessed. I mean, even, you know, to the point where he's hiding in the shower stall when she was getting ready to take a shower. Just watching yeah. her, you know, brush her teeth and get ready and uh, start to get undressed. Or, you know, listening to her move around in her bedroom is definitely a very creepy dude. Mm. Um, and she knows it as well, which, how fucking creepy would that be? Yeah. And it's kind of like, a, you know, at least if it was someone that was creepy but was outside your house, you know, you could somewhat avoid them, but to have someone that's that creepy literally under the same roof as you... Yeah, that you know that's a whole another level of creepy. Yeah, and you're related now. I mean, granted yeah. by marriage, I'm sure there's been stepbrothers and stepsisters that have been into each other, but yeah, and growing up together like that, so close, when she's clearly not into him at all. So he was a creeper as well. <laughs> yeah, I think she just finds him actually disgusting. Yeah. Basically, everything about him doesn't go with her set of morals or reasoning at all. Yeah, because yeah, you say he listens to Harry Heavy Metal, smokes drugs, you know, treats his girlfriend like crap, you know, and he's just generally a, mor a morally reprehensible character. And I think, although, you know, she obviously falls for, you know, the chemistry of the fact that she's a teenager, she, she has got some good ideas, certainly in the beginning. Right. And good good ideas and good good intentions, I'd say. Right. Well, she's obviously a very caring person regardless. I mean, in the story as well, you know, her her mother is sick and she seems to have a good relationship with them, a good relationship with her friends, stuff like that. Mm. And I don't know, I think they twist it a bit, but they do try to keep it that way with the whole theme once she knows that she has this I don't know if you'd want to call it a mutation, a gift, what yeah what you really I think want to it call it. Depends on your interpretation of it. Yeah, because then it really turns to where she realizes she's in control of it. And I think that that happens with the one guy I thought really was gonna be a good guy. The one that mm. you kind of see liking her and wanting to get to talk to her and stuff at the start. Ryan. And 
you know, gives her a ride home mm. the one day and, you know, asks her out and she pretty much ditches him. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, she's just went through a bunch of trauma, but he doesn't know that. And he goes back and gets punched in the eye by Brad, her stepbrother. Yeah. Uh, who tells him he's out of out of his league on that one. Yeah, and well, basically implying, what the hell are you doing at my door? And then, as you say, proceeds to put, punch, him in, punch him in the eye. Yeah. So he's got a black eye. And, you know, you're kind of feeling for the guy, really. And mm. I think that was the intent, was you do start to kind of feel for this guy. And... Then they find Toby's body as well, and she starts talking, you know, freaking out that she's killed all these people, and she doesn't know where to go, so she ends up actually showing up on uh, this guy's doorstep. And, well, garage door? I didn't get that. Like, was he living in a storage facility? I'm not... That's what it seemed, that, that, that's what it seemed to imply. Yeah, I wasn't really sure. Mm. But, yeah, that's what it seemed like, for sure. But yet, well, I'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, so you're like, oh, and she's talking about she needs a hero. And so you're like, hey, this guy has been genuinely a good guy. And, you know, he's there for her. So maybe he's going to be this hero that will conquer her vagina demons. (laughs) Vagina demons. (laughs) So, you know, you you think that that's going to happen and you see her in the bathtub and He's like, oh, here's some drugs that my mom takes when she has nerves. So I was like, well, if he lives with his mom, there shouldn't be a bathroom in a storage facility. I don't know. It didn't really make sense, but... No, no, a lot of it was illogical at that particular point. Yeah. And the way that she does and also the way that she doesn't even question what she's taking. Right. Like, oh, okay, I'm just going to pop them in my mouth. That's cool. You know, when you see him arranging his room with all these candles and making it romantic and stuff. So, Mm. yeah, it really leads up to where you're like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe that's how this movie will end. You know, he conquers the demons and, you know, she finds this nice guy. But once she gets out of the bath, you realize how drugged up she is. Mm. Because she can barely walk. And, you know, she sits down and he hands her some alcohol and she can't even drink the champagne or whatever it was because she can't even get the glass to her mouth. You can't. You want me to stop? No. (laughs) Good. But they'll get you. Who? The teeth. Come on. Seriously. No, no, look. I'm I'm conquering them. See? Yeah. I'm 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 the hero. So he gets with her and she seems to be having a good time for sure. I mean, he went all out. He's you know, rubbing her all over, he's got the vibrating finger, he's you know Yeah. He's not just trying to shove it in or anything, but yeah, and they both seem to climax and have a good time, and they're laying there, and, you know, you're like, oh, awesome. Then uh, she gets up to go get dressed, and he's like, oh, where do you think you're going? And, um, you know, convinces her to hop back on for a second ride, at which time mm. his friend calls. Hey, loser. As we speak, 
Oh, yeah? Yeah? Say something. What? No. You hear that? <laughs> what was that? Nothing. We made a bat. Then I could. No. So, you made a bet. When I had taken a sacred vow of abstinence? I had a hunch that it wasn't all that sacred. It was, though. Your mouth is saying one thing, babe. But your sweet pussy is saying something very different. And you realize that it was a bet between friends. Like, yeah. that who would pop her cherry, and then you're like, oh, what an asshole. But at the same time, mm. you you fucking know what's coming next, so <laughs> I, I won't even say it, but... Um, yeah, let's decide something gets something, uh, and, and a limp, limp, an implement gets removed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that was crap. It was always graphic as well. They always felt they had to show... The cock that was severed. Yeah. yeah, lots of severed cocks. And it gets worse. <laughs> it does get worse. <laughs> so, yeah, we're mo- moving towards the end of the film. And, you know, by this time, I mean, she's tired of all these fucking creepers and mm. all these guys who obviously are just interested in one thing. Um, which I don't know. Maybe that's teenage boys. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'm sorry, sorry, being formally being one. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. She goes, and her mom is in the hospital. I think we we probably missed a bit in there, but um, we'll jump to mm. the point where her mom's in the hospital, and you know they're like, "Oh, are you the daughter?" Yeah. You know, you think they're just going to lead her back to the room and, you know, you find out that her mom has actually died. Mm. And it was kind of during that point that the whole fight between Brad and his dad was going on. And uh, he comes back to the hospital because he's got to get his, you know, neck fixed up from this Rottweiler um, that has attacked him. And he's got Brad's girlfriend, the nameless girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, because you know what I mean? As far as I recall, she was never given a nine. No. No. Probably, yeah, just to show how meaningless she was to him, I guess. Yeah, how reprehensible of a character he was. Yeah. Maybe we're reading too much into this film, or maybe that's the great thing about this film. Maybe there's more to it <laughs> than you initially think. <laughs> uh, I think that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> we can make something out of this movie that's not there. Yeah. Very much so. It's very much open to interpretation in a lot of ways. Exactly. But that's where I was like, maybe it is more clever than you think. And, yeah, so obviously she's she's now learned that her mom has died, partly because Brad and his girlfriend were having some kinky sex, and he told the girlfriend, like, you know, essentially, oh, she always screams and is in pain, don't worry about it. So mm. it's now become Brad's well it probably was brad's fault that her mom died and knowing that 
she has this ability and that Brad wants her quite badly. Um, she goes home to um take care of business with Brad. I mean, I, I think when she, when she does what she does with Ryan, um, that's where she's sort of realizing that um she's not so much fearful of this um curse anymore in that she's going to utilize it when it's necessary. Right. I was. I think that was a real turning point for her. I was going to say that too. I think her mom's death definitely was a turning point for her. Mm. Um, where, yeah, she she decided that um, she was going to use it for good purposes. <laughs> yeah, and just, and um, you might say a twisted form of justice. Right. In a boondock saints kind of way. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you can almost see that, that, that look on her face when, when she realizes that um, that whole thing with Ryan was a bet, and that she, you know, you know, she was like the mark, and you can see by the look on their face, like she's going to say, "No, well, you fucked me up and hurt me, so now I'm going to hurt you." Oh, and then crunch. Definitely, that's <laughs> no, I know. Um, oh, I hope I can find that sound bite from the from yeah. the film. But that was the other thing is they always played that awful crunchy sound bite. Yeah. Every time she lopped yeah, it off was a kind penis. Of horrible. <laughs> but yeah, the kind of twist with, you know, when she took Brad's cock off, you know, first off, they ha- show her just standing there and basically has her push it out of her vagina and drop to the floor. Mm. Uh, that, that might be a little graphic for people. But if you're listening yeah. to my show, I don't think you're probably going to be surprised. But the drops to the floor, and then um, the Brad's dog, who's strangely named Mother, yeah, uh, gets out of the cage and yeah decides that uh, evidently that would be a good treat. Mm, black time. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. So yeah. <laughs> I think what the most gross bit about it is, is that when it happens and then you see the um where there's just like essentially the tip left with where he's had his piercing. Yes. Left. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've got to admit my stomach did do certain stunts then. Yeah. It was definitely like I said, graphic when it came to those shots, especially that one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, being a male, I have I have to imagine it would be even worse because yeah. you have some identification yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, with that, I mean, like we basically said, she kind of turns into using it for, yeah, a twisted form of justice, really. And again, that's mm. where, you know, even even old men, evidently, are all creepers in this film. Mm. So, um, yeah, we'll just kind of leave it there. But um, <laughs> what did you think about the movie overall? Um, what I'd like to say about it, to be honest with you, Megan, is that it's one of those movies that, yes, it's very watchable, but it's one of those ones where you shouldn't take it seriously. And it's almost like one of these ones where if you've had a hard day at work or 
just generally a hard day for whatever reason. And it's just one of them real where you can come on, stick it in your, you know, your machine of choice and just have a switchy, switchy brain off roughly an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it really is kind of one of those. And I mean, I think it has enough comedic moments where it's not, I don't want to say it's not a horrible film. Like, it's not an unbearable film to watch. I don't mm. think. There are some graphic parts. If you can't handle severed body parts, well, severed cocks. This isn't the film for you. Yeah, this isn't the film for you. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you can get past that, um, well, I wouldn't say it's an amazing or good film. It definitely was still an entertaining film. Yeah. Yeah. And along with that, I do like when he's the different surgery room scenes because, yeah. you know, with the doctor, uh, they're like, well, are you sure you don't want to tell us how this happened? And he's like, just puts the gas mask on. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> nope. And then with... Oh, fucking dog, just fix my fingers. Yeah. And then with the... Uh... <laughs> With the kid that, you know, we thought would be the hero. Well, I thought. I don't know. Mm. Um, and they take a look at it and they're like, it's hardly worth it even to reattach yeah. it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to admit, that one probably was one of the most funniest scenes of the movie. <laughs> even for a goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I mean. Um where I agree that it's just enjoyable enough that you could, you know, put it on after a rough day and just kind of chill out with it. So, yeah, I think with that, we've kind of wrapped up teeth and um, we'll take a short little break and get back at it with some sexy part two topics. Yeah, I think this will certainly be interesting. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> and we're back with part two so yeah we were talking about telling tales <laughs> to get some tale and um i don't know i came up with this topic for this week because actually on twitter one day some different people got into different tales they've told just to get some tale and i thought you know <laughs> not only is it kind of catchy i think that would be kind of interesting to hear plus i think i don't want to say like everybody lies or anything like that but i'm sure on occasion many people have maybe exaggerated the truth or come up with something to um impress somebody else and mm. try to get some but um yeah i don't know do you have any stories like that or maybe do you know of any friends that perhaps did anything like that the only real story that comes to mind is quite a recent recent incident really, Megan. Um, I met a lady from London and um, I mean, I've always been quite um, a shy person. 
especially around women. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's actually weird because I prefer talking to women to men generally anywhere that like, even if it's like like an attraction thing. And but if I like a girl, I get really shy around her. Mm-hmm. But with this, I, I wouldn't say say so much. It was a tall tale, but it is slightly that it is is that in in that whenever I speak to her. Because I really like genuinely like her, and like the way she responds to me, mm-hmm. I'm extremely flirty to her, <laughs> and that and that's like the total opposite of me. But it's just something about her that unlock unlocks this real flirt uh-huh. in me. But it comes out when uh, when you're talking to her, then yeah, <laughs> to the point where she actually calls me a he slut. <laughs> And you're like, actually, it's quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah. But she doesn't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. I've, I've made it so believable with her. You know, I mean, I'm not lying. Like, genuinely. But it's just something about her and so that brings out this real flirtatious side of me. And I think she believes that I'm, you know, I'm this flirtatron 5000. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can know how that is though, because you know, well, just talking during intermission a bit, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually quite a bit shyer, I think. Well, a little more quieter when I'm not behind the mic, at least at first. But if um, someone comes and starts chatting with me, then I'm definitely still a chatterbox. But I'm not the one to walk up and start the conversations, I guess I would mm-hmm. say. <laughs> I think I'm very much along the line of that, that um, I won't initiate the conversation, but if someone sort of like makes an effort, effort to get into a conversation with me, you know, I will talk to them. And then often once I come out of my shell and start to feel comfortable with them, you know, I do, I, I, I do deliver, you know, a good chat. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. We've um we've been having one while you're on the show too, so Yeah. <laughs> definitely see that. Yeah, see I'm trying to I was thinking for myself even this, you know, not even a tall tale, but just little tales to get some tail or, you know, to impress somebody even. And I can't really think of one recently, but I do remember. So over here, you know, a lot of nightclubs are 21 plus because um of the alcohol rules here Mm. um but a lot of them would either have like teen nights years ago where it would be like 16 plus or 18 plus nights where you could go and you know get into this dance club or whatever and yeah but obviously there'd be no alcohol sold during these events right there'd be no alcohol or the people they'd have to have wristbands or something to distinguish the people who could drink them, drink, and those who couldn't. Oh, I see. Yes. Oh, could it's 18 plus that it could potentially be? Yes. Um, someone who's 18, someone who's 19, and then anything upwards. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, you'd have 20-somethings mingling with 18-year-olds, which people can have their own judgment calls about that. But, yeah. um... <laughs> people with alcohol um (laughs) so a friend of mine and i we we grew up in 
the suburbs south of Minneapolis and St. Paul. So it's kind of a big deal to go into the cities and to go to some of these clubs. I mean, this is back when, yeah, nightclubs were really big, I guess, <laughs> like in the 90s. Um, and there was these guys that were chatting us up and everything. and But, you know, being that we were from a small town, we didn't really know whether to trust trust them that much and Mm -hmm. so we were like well let's just make up our names so we like you know (laughs) made up some generic names which i'm sure people have done on numerous occasions for various reasons (laughs) 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 but you know so we made it up and what was funny is like she didn't even come up with a good name like (laughs) i know she's she's not going to be listening so we will be fine but um she was like yeah you know, I at least picked, I think it was like Sarah, you know, or Angie or something, like a common name. Yeah, so at least something was plausible and believable. Yeah, and she's like, my name is Mickey, and they're like, what? And she's like, yeah, Mickey, like, hey, Mickey, you're so fun, you're so fun, you blew yeah. my mind, hey, Mickey. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like, did you really just say that? And I'm just cracking up, to the point where it almost blew it, like, completely. I mean, if mm. it hadn't already. But, um, <laughs> so she came up with that. And then, um, we said that we were University of Minnesota students because they're like, what are you doing up in the city? And we didn't want to be like, oh, yeah, we live out in the suburbs and whatever. So we're like, oh, yeah, we're U of M students. And, <laughs> and that. so, um, yeah, by the end of the night, uh, we had an okay time, but I don't even think numbers were exchanged or if they were. No one ever called anyone, that's for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess that's all. The only story I kind of have about that that I can think of. But along with that, we did get a few tales in from various listeners. Our first one is from Rebellion Rob on Twitter, and he actually has two. Uh, the first one is, he said, I once told a girl in a rock club in Birkenhead that I was the lead singer of 90s band Cast, and uh, says John Power, question mark. Um, <laughs> that worked. And um, <laughs> then he wrote me earlier today and said that he used to work for a ladies' fashion company who made the British Airways uniforms, among other things. and. He printed off designs, and one of the times he said, I told two girls that I could make them latex or leather cat suits. Score! And he's like, damn, I used to lie up a storm. <laughs> so... I've got to say, that's some brilliant lines he's done there. So, <laughs> you know, I'll give man points to Rebellion, Rob. I know. Well, and I was thinking, damn, if you're talking to girls that would be into latex cat suits, that's a score in and of itself, really. Yeah, that takes some confidence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so I'll let you go ahead and read the next one. So this is from um, g 87 on the Twitter. And he goes, I once told a girl I was a professional rugby player. That worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rugby players. Oh. Sorry, I'm I'm flashbacking to when I lived in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I think you'd have to have a certain bill to carry it off, though. Oh, for sure. I'm like a I'm basically like a chubby rugby player. 
<laughs> You'd be like the oh yeah, I was a professional rugby player, but I injured my insert some like, yeah <laughs> body part. I, I I injured my leg and developed an addiction to kebab. <laughs> <laughs> Like they all do. Naughty <laughs> kebab, mate. <laughs> but <laughs> I used to play rugby as well, just not professionally. Cool. Pull that off. <laughs> I would also be a chubby <laughs> rugby player at this point. Curvy, curvy <laughs> rugby player. Yeah, I was about to say, if you, you feel like it's curvy. Mm hmm. Curvy rugby player. Oh. <laughs> curvy works. Oh, I tend to think so. <laughs> Um, I think most guys are like that, you, you know, that you want some meat on the bones. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you want some meat on the bones. Oh, yeah. Good, good for shade in the summer and good for heat in the winter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with that, no. <laughs> um... Yeah, we'll get on to the next one. And Booze from the Sweet Feathery Jesus podcast said, In response to your podcast tale questions, when we were in Tenerife, my mate Jay told a young lady he was in the Marines. He isn't, obviously. Then he promptly had an adverse reaction to some bad paella and almost literally shat his pants in front of her. <laughs> oh, no. And they ended up having to call him a cab. <laughs> Uh, if I was one of my mates, he would he would have never lived that down. <laughs> well, obviously he's not in a sense because uh, it's on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's getting spread all over the interwebs. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he'd be he'd say that was one of the mates in my in my group. He'd be getting some majesty. Oh, <laughs> um, well, I was gonna say obviously uh, this was a story where it didn't work out very well. <laughs> mm. Good try though. Yeah. Gotta go gotta come back gotta give the guy props for his props for his effort. Oh exactly. Exactly. <laughs> nice try, but no cigar. You can't win them every time. Well, that's it, you can't win them all. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh but you also can't get it unless you try, so Yeah, that's true. Definitely. So what's our next one? So you should at least get a bad for effort, shouldn't I? Oh, <laughs> Hey, I have a whole thing about, um, in general, if some guy has the balls enough to ask me out, I'll go out on at least one date, you know? Mm. Just because it's like, it takes guts to just come out and ask that, I think. Yeah. So, so you never know. I wish every, I wish, I wish every woman thought like you, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> that certainly don't. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't. No, <laughs> But, you know, generally I find, I mean, it takes a certain level of confidence just to, just to be able to, even if it's coming up with a line or something, you know, have the mm. confidence to pull it off and say something, says something. Yeah. It's, it's my opinion. So. <laughs> All right. What's our next one? And the next one is um, from Chris from the Polish Shine PC podcast. And he goes on to say, my best friend Dave, not me, <laughs> was always working this angle. His usual one that he was a cardiac surgeon in the local hospital. Worked okay until a girl asked him if he knew her father. 
as he was also a cardiac surgeon in the hospital. <laughs> he changed his story to being the man who invented dice. Amazingly, this worked better and no one ever questioned it. People are stupid. Good luck with the show, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> where... Man who invented dice. <laughs> That's what I was like. Where would you even come up with that? I suppose because people would be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's good to hear though that he, that he used that one about him being a cardiac surgeon up until he got called out on it by the daughter of an actual cardiac surgeon. Right, that's the risk you're gonna run. Like someone's yeah. gonna know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you know? Do you know my dad then, Professor Smith? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, no. Well, then why are you telling me that you're a heart surgeon? Smack. <laughs> Oh, I meant the other hospital. <laughs> <laughs> the other hospital sounds remarkably like the one that your dad works at. <laughs> but it somehow isn't the same. Oh. <laughs> Again, I mean, most people, I'm sure it worked fine. But, um, yeah, till you meet the girl whose father is one. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Oh, I'd risk you run. Oh, exactly. And our final one is actually an audio recording, and it's from another member of the Pile of Shame PC podcast. They tend to uh, support the show quite well. And uh, this is from Ant, and uh, we'll play it for you now. A tall tale to get some tale. Um, yes, I, like many other young people, um, was quite a fan of the old vagina. You know, I would go to rather extreme lengths. For anyone who sort of showed any initial interest in me, I would be like a second-hand car salesman, like going the extra mile to really seal the deal. And subsequently, I've done some stupid fucking things in the pursuit of the bearded clam. Um, let's see, one time, um, after sort of getting someone who was uh, nearly paralytically drunk from a nightclub, um, we got the bus on the way home with her friend... Um, it's not a threesome story, by the way. It's not going to turn into that. And it's sort of one of my mates as well who had actually pulled her friend and I'd got her. And on the bus on the way home, for some reason, we got off this nightclub bus about two miles short of home. I don't know why. Some stupid reason to get food or something. Even though it was gone 2am. There were no other buses. There was no food place open. For some reason, we got off the bus. The two girls who knew each other previously, they were friends. Then got into a massive fist fight um, where an alarmingly large amount of hair was pulled. Like, almost, you could sort of almost see scalp, but like, a giant handfuls of hair had been pulled out of one of them. And we had to separate them like two shagging cats. We had to <laughs> yank them off each other. And um, all this frivolry and um, excitement from the night and the drinking had left uh, my particular gander... Um, Exhausted to the point where I had to piggyback her two miles up several hills and <laughs> through quite a few sort of treacherous muddy areas as well, because for some reason we took a rather treacherous detour through a park which um, had no lights and was across grass and it had been raining. And I was wearing my bestest white jeans at the time. Whatever happened to white jeans? Oh dear. But um, yes, success that was. I um. Yes, I, I did the deed that night. So, scratch one on the bedpost. Um, 
I also later found out that particular girl uh, worked in the local theme park. She played the giant teddy bear mascot called Ferdy. And so I can say I'm going to write myself a little sticker saying I shagged Ferdy the bear. Another time. Um, another tall tale. Yeah, I've... I kind of... So here we go. Here's This one isn't really entertaining. It's more just abhorrent. And it's a terrible thing to do to anyone. All I can do, so I'm going to preface this story by saying, I had quite a few mental issues in my childhood. I still have one or two now, but they're manageable. But um, yeah, I wasn't a happy bunny growing up as a kid. So anyone, again, any lady, would like to show me any sort of attention, I would really, you know, really cling on and latch on and, oh my God, just say you love me. You know, I'd be really needy because, you know, just be hankering affection. And Fanny, of course. Always the Fanny. So, um, the deal wasn't going to get sealed. It was it was looking shaky. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen. So, I may or may not have told this lady that I had a terminal illness. I may or may not have said I had a heart condition and I was probably only going to live about six months. <laughs> oh, I feel terrible. Oh, fuck. It worked. Um, we were in a relationship for a while as well. At, I don't know. She, yeah, it kind of soured things. Actually, the whole. Um, I don't know. I don't know if she's planning. I don't know if she's like buying black hats while I wasn't looking, or anything. At no point she did she mention the um, impending death of my bad self. So um, yeah, it worked though. Fucking hell, she was mental as well. So it was like hot mental people sex. Yeah, good times. <laughs> Always the best. I don't like hot mental people sex. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that's all I know. No, I'm just. Not... <laughs> oh. oh, that's brilliant. Uh, I always love uh, the stories he submits to the show. <laughs> but um, yeah, I want to thank all of my listeners who have submitted stories for this week. And yeah, Dave and I were talking about different questions for the next episode and seemed kind of fitting since uh in the first half we talked about teeth and you know learned about some of the early sexual experiences of the main character don that uh the question for the next episode will be any stories about either the first time you had sex or maybe just a story about um some of your early sexual experiences maybe some funny stuff happened maybe some horrible things happened um it's always interesting learning uh for sure but uh you can either email those responses or we also love recorded uh responses as well it's nice to hear a voice telling a tale i think i'll actually be sending you a recording for that one Megan. oh nice i will uh i'll look forward to that and um yeah i think there should be a bunch of good stories with this one you know i think people always remember kind of their early experiences <laughs> yeah so yeah if you have one you can email them to the show at screams and moans at gmail.com and with that i think we're about ready to uh wrap this one up like you wrap your special gift <laughs> <laughs> what a what a what a good one. Yes. <laughs> I will not be wearing a tight red ring around my finger, however. 
So with that, if uh, if people want to get to know you a little bit better, a little more about you on the internet, where can they find you? Um, I haven't really got a website as such at the moment. Um, where they can mainly find me is that um, I'm DaveUK82 underscore O2 on Twitter. Um, David Forrest on Facebook. That's double R in Forrest. And I'm also available on um, Xbox Live and PSN if you'd like me to provide them, Megan. That is completely up to you. Um, Xbox Live is Dave UK82 and um, PSN is Sergeant Bash, which is SGT Bash, all in capitals. There you go. You guys can start gaming together. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a plan. Oh. And as always, uh, you can catch the Screams and Moans podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Uh, If you enjoy the show, I would love to have you rate it a five stars and give a nice review if it's on iTunes. Or give us a nice thumbs up on Stitcher. Uh, You can also catch up with the show at Screams and Moans on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash Screams and Moans. And as always, you can find us on our website, www.screamsandmoans.com. And uh, with that, I'd like to thank you for uh, spending the afternoon with me. I guess it's your evening, technically. (laughs) No problem. Thank you for having me, Megan. All right. Well, I hope everyone has had an enjoyable time, and we'll see you on the next Screams and Moans. Bye. See you on the side. Bye.